from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. People around me at that point, because I'm back in the race, uh, were walking, and I ran every minute of that hill. And people were saying, stop making it look so easy. (laughs) But it was easy because I had that, you know, experience in my mind, that spiritual strength. And so when you're you're having that experience and you're remembering somebody there as you're running, would you say you're actually praying in those sections? Yeah, that that is a prayer. When I run a marathon, it's all a prayer in a way. I'm Sarah Fenske. Bonnie Benz came to running late in life. The former nun and retired Catholic school teacher started running in her early 60s. But the mother of four quickly made up for lost time. Bonnie has now completed no less than 31 marathons, including her 15th Boston Marathon earlier this week. She finished in just over six hours, and she did it at 77 years old. And she joins us today. Bonnie Benz, welcome. Thank you for having me. This is a thrill. So congratulations on another Boston Marathon. That's so exciting. I have to ask, though, what compelled you to lace up your running shoes in your 60s? Actually, I would date back, first of all, to my father the last time I got to be with him. at uh, I was actually taping him for Golf Magazine, which was doing a story about him and the uh, swing for a lifetime. He was a tremendous golfer all his life, but he prioritized when we lost my mom, and he uh, stayed an amateur and actually made the Walker Cup team. I got to travel with him and see his work ethic and his training, and that was the start. But the real trigger was my oldest son, Rob, called me one day at school and asked me if I would be a member of the uh, Bents relay team for the St. Louis Family Relay. And uh, it was a running event. I had not really run since my college days at that point. And, uh, but when your sons invite you, to, three sons invite you to run with them in a relay, any mom will tell you, it's such a thrill. You'll do anything. So I went out and I tried to run a 10-minute mile to prove him I was, to him I was worthy, <laughs> and we did it, and it triggered everything from this point. So there's a big difference between running a mile and running 26 miles. Did you just sort of slowly work your way up from there, or were you bit with that marathon bug pretty fast? Uh, actually, um, I had a lot of help along the way with people that knew about running. Um, I had just joined the YMCA, and I had a lot of help from people that were very knowledgeable. In particular, I have recently been working with a friend, Melanie Getz, who is an Olympian and knows a lot about training in every way, and she's been very helpful and inspirational. So take us back. What was your first marathon, and and what was that like for you? My very first marathon was a thrill. I got to go with members of my parish to the St. Jude Marathon. Uh, I'm a member of Our Lady the Pillar, and I went down, and my son, Christopher, number two son, he was pacing me, 
because I had run a half with uh, Rob the year before, and he told me that if I just doubled that half, I could qualify for Boston. And he was going, and I could go with him. So I was able to accomplish that with Chris running around the uh, minor league baseball park in Memphis, Tennessee, which is the Cardinal minor leaguer. And um, it was so thrilling because in those days when you ran the St. Jude, you got to run the entire uh, uh, circle at the park. And there were people cheering and everything. And we made it by three minutes. It was just a memory I'll never forget. And what was neat about this year is this was the first time Rob was able to come back with me. So he was with me for marathon number one in Boston and number 15. Wow. And he so it, it kind of comes full term. circle there. It was. It was extra special. And when you say that, that you got it within three minutes, you were within that of hitting the pace that, that you had set out to try to hit? Yes. At age 62, I needed a four-hour, uh, um, excuse me, 4.30 to qualify for Boston. And we, my son Chris and I did a 4.27. Wow. So I made it by three minutes. But that it's so popular now, you don't just make your... Boston qualifying, you make it by 10 minutes. Wow. In order to run last October, we needed uh, almost, it was not uh, my qualifier, I was better, nine minutes and 55 seconds better than my qualifier, or I would have not made the 70% field. And so, so you that was can, a thrill. You continue to have to qualify every year. At some point, you don't just get grandfathered in as, as this is a Boston marathon runner. I think if you make it to 20. <laughs> You're but, not there yet, though. <laughs> well, I, I don't even know. I'm two minutes over the mark this year to be called a finisher. So I may have to start all over. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but it wouldn't, it wouldn't, if I could do it, I would. So, so there are so many people who think of running 26 miles in a row as being their worst nightmare. What about running that far is appealing to you? Um, I love the challenge. Um, I like the tr- my favorite part, believe it or not, is really having a plan, following the training plan. I guess my dad's work ethic is is part of my genetics. I guess, and um, I love that part. I love um, working with someone guiding me. Um, it's what I try to teach my students when I taught. Is you know it's. It's the work you put into it, and it's not necessarily the prize at the end. It's how you feel after you put all this into it. And actually, there's many rewards for marathoning. Is you need to have strong mental. Uh, you need to have strong physical, of course, and you get it by training. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's also a spiritual experience. You get out there and you train and so many thoughts go through your mind. I mean, in those 26.2 miles, I had already prepared what I was going to be thinking about for each section. One in particular I was very proud of on Monday was I had promised uh, a dear family uh, that actually Athleta, the manager, Colleen Willis, that I would remember her niece who I taught at our Lee the Pillar, and was killed in an automobile accident as I ran up uh, uh, Heartbreak Hill. Hmm. And that was my, uh, one of my better heartbreaks. I did not 
walk at all. And the people around me at that point, because I'm back in the race, uh, were walking. And I ran every minute of that hill. And people were saying, stop making it look so easy. <laughs> but it was easy because I had that, you know, experience in my mind, that spiritual strength. And so when you're you're having that experience and you're remembering somebody there as you're running, would you say you're actually praying in those sections? Yeah, that that is a prayer. When I run a marathon, it's all a prayer in a way. I, I got to work for uh, run for Special Olympics Massachusetts this year, and that was to be a member of that extra mile team was truly inspirational. Um, I guess you've heard about Chris Nickich. He is the first Down syndrome young man to run uh, and participate in a Ironman, and he will be in uh, doing Hawaii this year. And I got to meet him in October, hmm. and his mantra is to try and get one percent better every day. So these people that you meet. I mean, they're so uplifting. They make you better. Um, that's all part of the marathon experience. And, and Bonnie, and so you're there. You're having this six hours where you're out there, you know, alone in some ways, also surrounded by people. But six hours where you're basically praying that entire time. That's what keeps you from, from mentally giving up? That, that sort of keeps you focused to be in that communion with God? Uh, actually, I, I I would say it's a big part of it, a very big part of it. I can't, you know, overlook the fact that I train, I work hard. I am very good at cross-training. I am a much better swimmer than I am a runner. Hmm. And I love, I just finished, in fact, part of my recovery. I, I got up this morning and went to Mid-County and swam a mile. I'm feeling the best I have since I ran the marathon. Bonnie, it's just remarkable to hear about just how athletic you are. I feel like so many people would just be laying in bed moaning over their aches and pains. You're out swimming a mile. You mentioned your dad a few times. This is Bob Cochran. He was one of the top amateur golfers in the country. Do you ever think that in a different era, you might have focused on athletics rather than entering the order and becoming a a nun? I think my goals were maybe um, not as well thought out as they could have been at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wanted to do the best thing I could with my life, and I think in 1962, uh, religion was a strong point, and my Catholic education and my father's example were all, to me, at that point, I just wanted to be the best person I possibly could um, in a spiritual way, but also I think I wanted to honor my father. He was my hero. Hmm. And so you entered the visitation order. You became a nun. You later left that. You got married, had four kids. Do you look back on those years as a nun with any regret? Absolutely not. They they made me stronger. I had the opportunity to be part of a strong Montessori program, which helped me, I think, raise my children uh, in a better way, in lots of ways. You know, the I, I love the spirit of the Montessori program, especially the way we did it at Visitation. My last 28 years at Our Lady of Teller was one of the greatest blessings of my life. Mm-hmm. And these parents that supported the philosophy of the Montessori program, the 
individualization. Um, kind of, we're hearing now about you know inclusion, and it's there's a thread between that and what Special Olympics does, and opportunity that the YMCA supports, um, and I guess it's they're all sort of spiritually tied too. Yeah. But, they they are important part of my life. My dad always prioritized his faith was number one, his family was number two, his work, and then golf was number four. And he was, you know, a great player. He was invited by the Bobby Jones to play in an early Masters, and he actually got to play in four different Masters and was on the Walker Cup team with Jack Nicholas. Everybody knows who he was. So For sure. And, and Bonnie, for you, do you think you would rank things in the same way? Would, would running be fourth for you behind things like your faith and, and your family? Or has that taken a, a bigger priority? Yeah. Well, I would say definitely uh, faith would be number one. My faith has just gotten me through, you know, some, you know, I, did, I was raised without a mom, mm-hmm. but I was had the opportunity to develop a strong faith. I had a strong family support, parents, grandparents. We even had a strong community at Pasadena Hills. We were saying the block rosary, and they supported my family after we lost my mom. And uh, there was no child care after school. It was neighbor care. And then when I got in course teaching, I was just so blessed to do what my passion is really teaching. Uh, that's all I ever wanted to be was a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I got to do it in the best circumstances possible. Um, of course, my four kids are the greatest blessing. You know, to think that my three sons would even want to run with their mother, who is already 62. Yeah. I mean, they, they really kind of launched you on this path, and, and this path has now changed your life. I, I think we mentioned you did, you've done 31 marathons. You've done 15 right. Bostons. You were in Boston in 2013 during the Boston Marathon bombing. What was that experience like? Wow. That was a really tough one. I was just past the Sitco sign at mile 26, and, you, I had, and I did remember seeing the sign that said exactly one mile to go. I was actually running one of my better marathons that day. It was a beautiful day. Hmm. And we were back down uh, a hill where uh, we didn't know what was going on at first. And then I heard um, someone say, no, you don't want to know what's going on at the finish line. And all I could think of when I heard that is, you know, I have my son and my nephew, Paul, was with us, I think, that year. And all I could think of was, oh, my gosh, I hope – their supporting me has not cost them their life. Hmm. And well, I was very fortunate because the people of Boston were so off, wonderful. And a lady brought, and we at that time we didn't carry our cell phones. Yeah. Uh, during the race, so she offered me her phone. So I remembered my son Chris's number. I don't know how I closed my eyes and it came to me, <laughs> and I dialed it. And within a few minutes, I heard. Um, mom, uh, and I said, yes, Chris, are you okay? And he said, we're okay. Uh, we're glad to hear you're okay. Um, stay where you are. We will come to you. Well, we didn't get together for about two and a half hours because you know how it was up yeah, there. Yeah, it's chaos. But we did, and that was just 
unbelievable. Wow. And, the, and the story just goes and goes more than you want to hear. But it's all about the people of Boston and our, and the people that were there that were supporting one another. And my son did not leave me until I got out of the cab. He wanted to walk me to the plane. Of course, that's not possible. But anyway, um, and supported me. You know, that was in 13, and here he's back in 2022, been doing it every year for me, supporting me, luckily not through any more bombings. Yeah, wow. I'm so glad that that has been the you case. Know, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't mentioned an important part of my family, my daughter, who is not a runner. Actually, she's a terrific dancer. She was Teen Miss Dance of St. Louis one time, so got to give her a shout-out. Well, Bonnie, it's been so great to hear about your marathoning and about how, um, you know, you've gained so much joy from this and been able to, to help so many people with this. And it's just so exciting that you have finished another Boston Marathon. So I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. You've honored me and you've, you've honored the whole program. Thank you so much. This episode was produced by Danny Wissentowski with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.